0: Happiness is like a mimic, deceptive, and deadly. Welcome to Magic Explains It All. I'm your host, Brad, and my guest today is already smiling a lot. I'm glad he enjoyed our little catchphrase. Uh, This is the podcast where we talk about RPG characters and give everybody some uh, time to brag about their creation skills or lack thereof. And today, we actually have a guest on. Uh, you may have known him as Kiva in season one. He's also known to be standing on uh, street corners with a sign that says Louisiana is better than Texas sometimes. And uh, he is our guest, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello, Brad. Yeah. How's that uh, street corner been lately?
1: Uh, it's been very cold. A few people threw um, some change at me, which has been nice, but it kind <laughs> of hurt.
0: Yeah uh if you don't know chris has a very nice uh, beard and uh kind of longish hair going on so he kind of looks the part of somebody that's like saying the end is near but he's really just saying something that's not true either that louisiana is better than texas but it's okay
1: agree to disagree
0: <laughs> either way we're here to talk about uh chris's character uh not Kiva per se uh rest in peace and we're going to talk about his uh, new character that he's recently developed. So, before, but before we get into that, uh, Chris, tell me like how you kind of got into playing RPGs and uh, or Dungeon Dragons. Like, was it Dungeon Dragons that you first started playing?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I, um, so it's a good question. My family had a game night once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a bunch of brothers. And it was pretty much the only time of the week where you could get my whole family together, like in one room to eat a meal together and like hang out with one another, it was game night. And so we always played uh, board game, usually board games of some kind. Uh, at some point, and I don't really remember when, when I was in high school or college, I started playing Munchkin. Have you ever played Munchkin?
0: I have not, but I've heard of it. Okay.
1: So I started playing Munchkin with some friends who will probably listen to this podcast. Shout out to Amos, shout out to Kyle, shout out to Drew um hey guys
0: and and uh will you guys be guests on the show just get back to me whenever They okay.
1: probably will i'll ask them sweet um <clears throat> so i started playing munchkin with these guys and munchkin is kind of a role-playing card game tabletop mm-hmm. card game um i really loved it and i've always been a huge fan of since day one uh, i've been a huge fan of community hashtag six seasons in a movie
0: i love that show yeah
1: and, um, so after playing Munchkin, which is kind of like, I often tell people it's like D and D light, I mm-hmm. uh, played Munchkin, watched the D and D episode several times and I was traveling abroad for a while. And so I was super duper bored one day. Um, and so I started looking up videos of Dungeons and Dragons because of I had always thought like that looks fun I'd like to play that but I had no concept of how to get into it. Mm-hmm. You know it's a lot of uh the barrier to entry is great. When you don't know the rules, you don't have the books, started watching videos online uh YouTube videos of people playing and I did that for probably a year, maybe more before I ever played a game.
0: Oh wow. So you kind of had you kind of built your knowledge on like a lot of like just online tutorials or just seeing how other people playing, kind of being able to base it around that instead of just hopping right in.
1: Yeah. Actual play videos. First ones I watched were some of the, um, the old, uh, D and D with Chris Perkins, um, where they'd get together and do actual plays. So I watched those and then some actual play podcasts came out and I started listening to those. And I, I had a pretty good understanding of how the game worked before I ever played.
0: Nice. Uh, i do remember uh whenever we uh had offices kind of down the uh, hallway from each other I, d- I remember i did go into your office one time i was like hey i need a, uh, I need some more rpg podcasts to listen to do you have any and you just like turned i just remember you turned and you had just like this look in your eyes like how much time you got that's and, exactly right yeah. yeah i
1: i have been binging one this past weekend um that had like 35 episodes and since friday i've gone through about uh 27 hours of it jeez. i'm almost to the end of it
0: wait do you still do that thing where you like speed it up
1: yes i listen to almost everything at one and a half times speed or faster
0: jeez i, I, I can't i tried doing that with uh glass cannon podcast but i think they they edit some parts down to where it's like they're speaking really quickly anyway so i was like missing parts of Pieces, it yeah yeah but I, I still have maybe that's just my ears are slow. So
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really uh, fast listener. Fast I'll listener. listen
0: really fast to what you have to say. But a slow learner.
1: Very slow. <laughs> Very slow.
0: <laughs> so let's um let's kinda get into uh your character. Wait, wait,
1: I have a question for you, bro. Oh. How did you get into D and D?
0: Um I mine's more generic than yours. Uh one, I did really like you, I was really into the um community episode, mostly because uh grown up in a very rural place um i didn't i didn't really have much exposure to it i would hear like tv shows and everything making fun of it like the ultimate nerdy thing that you could do would be playing Dungeons and dragons or uh world of warcraft and so it kind of always had that stigma of this is nerdy weird. avoid it yeah, yeah it's weird don't uh, don't don't waste your t- don't waste your time so then i saw the community episode with & and dragons and i was like oh that's actually like I don't know, it's it's different than what I envisioned it. And it took me a while to like actually come around to um, researching it more. And whenever uh, the McElroy brothers did the Adventure Zone, I started to listen to that. And I was like, this actually seems pretty fun. And uh, that's whenever I think I joined up with uh, with you guys to, to play a little bit. Yeah. And my first session, I was really, really bad. And some <coughs> could argue that I am still really bad. Uh, I would argue that yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was asking that question it was a baited question I was asking because I'm pretty sure I invited you to our D&D campaign you did yeah well I'm awesome
0: yeah well I don't know do you think it depends on like if that's awesome because you're including me or awesome because you added somebody that's really really bad to the game that's
1: true our game is net negative uh, so maybe <laughs> I did a bad thing
0: yeah sorry about that I try I just try to keep it entertaining you know by having clerics that don't heal. so
1: I uh, come to think of it, I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit, but I'm, I'm thinking about um, in our campaign, uh, I'm pretty sure with the exception of like one or two people, I invited most of those people into the nerddom. The nerddom. And even like I invited Zeke to play years ago for the first time ever. And he liked it. <coughs> and he invited Dylan and Matt. And so um, I've got a nice D and D lineage here. Yeah, I'm really so proud of
0: you're it. just a uh, you're just ooh, you're my D and D child, Brad. A, a strategic D and D recruiter. Yes. If I'm a D and D evangelist, if you could like make that a position, I think you would do really well at that. Like if you go to Game Closet, like and just say your
1: sites are a little low. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, feel free to at me.
0: Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah. I, I was saying like you know you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I already started.
0: Oh, uh, already aiming for Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, though.
1: go ahead and go straight to Wizards.
0: Yeah, go straight to them. Yeah, uh, and mean, then DMs are open. Yeah, and then you can uh, just say, hey, like, this your party is your party missing a certain something? I got you. Right. And then you just go out and find people, find the the right people, or in this case, Brad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could take over one of the many uh, job placement places here in Waco.
1: It does sound great. I am thinking I said D and D evangelist, but now I'm thinking about a D and D televangelist.
0: Mm. I've got new
1: career goals. I need to update my LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it because you'll never run out of. Uh, you know, religions to talk about on uh on that as a televangelist for d and d that's true praise raven queen Hallelujah. Yeah. and then uh all the other ones i can't even think of all of them there's so. a
1: lot of them but you know raven queen was our
0: more more the only one that comes to mind because of thorn but mm. r i p rip 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 all right man so uh your character that comes after kiva uh yeah. what what's what's your character's name um his name
1: is risteven as uh, his moniker, he's a of in the deceiver, but I don't think our group knows that yet.
0: Oh, okay. Well I this episode will be coming out like two weeks from now. Yeah,
1: so. and if any of our uh table mates bring any of this up, it's metagaming and um they will be losers. <laughs> yeah. So talking to you guys.
0: Although Zeke does doesn't really care if we metagame, so
1: yeah. Uh, also, probably no one listens to this podcast, <laughs> so let's just be
0: honest with ourselves here. Hey, man, I will. You will. I have I have four plays right now. So. Oh, good.
1: I'm, I'm gonna text uh, text my uh, Amos, Drew, and Kyle later and um, tell them to listen, and then you know eventually get them on uh, to talk about their characters. So
0: well, good. Now, now my mom's not gonna think I'm so weird for doing this. So. Well.
1: I don't know if we should change her opinion that drastically. Yeah, probably not. He, he's weird. This <laughs> is right. He's very weird.
0: <laughs> so Ristavan, uh the Deceiver. Um, what's uh? Kind of give me some uh, description of him. What, what's his race? Um, he is a uh, Um <clears throat> Okay, hang on. Say, say that one more time. Swirfneblin. Swirfneblin. Yeah. Is yeah. that um? Is that gibbers for goblin? No, he is a deep gnome. Oh, uh, okay.
1: From the underdark. Yep. Um and uh he's older. He's probably middle-aged for a gnome. Mm-hmm. Um so he's pretty old, but uh around middle age. Um he is a a good-looking guy. Uh kind of devil-may-care. Got a nice big long white beard. Um but your typical gnome. He looks kind of happy-go-lucky, just a little gruff. Mhm. Oh, cool
0: and uh and he you said he's uh with deep gnomes is that what it was deep gnome yep typically what's like kind of like their pigment like
1: um so there's kind of uh i think there's a couple different descriptions depending on which edition of D you uh ascribe to but i like to think of them as kind of like a sort of like a light purpley color or like an ashen gray color mm-hmm. um so that they they're kind of uh, so deep in the underdark, that they don't really develop a lot of um, yeah. color in their skin. They're just kind of like those fish that live like way down deep and they're mm-hmm. like albino basically. They look weird. And, yeah. I pictured the, the deep gnomes to kind of have like ashen gray, sort of nice. maybe lightly lavender skin.
0: Yeah. I remember you showed us a picture. I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And so, uh, and the Deceiver, what's his, uh, what's his class? What, uh,
1: uh he is a level eight warlock specifically um i think he is a uh hex uh he's a what is he he's a blade lock blade he's lock. a level eight uh warlock
0: what uh what kind of made you decide doing warlock and uh and blade lock for for this character oh that's a good question i um i
1: typically play uh or i often choose to play a barbarian i Mm -hmm. like to play a melee fighter um i like to be up in the mix and i had just recently lost kiva rest in peace rest
0: in peace um we're all still really uh reeling from that loss yeah i'm
1: grieving it a little bit i've gotta you know write it in my journal um Kiva was a barbarian, and he was a melee fighter, and he was awesome, and he was always right in the mix of everything. Uh, so I wanted to do something different, and I've never played a warlock before, um, so I wanted to be a caster, and I, I really like gnomes. I don't know if you knew that, but I typically, uh, if I'm not playing a barbarian, I'm usually playing a gnome of some kind. Yeah. So I like their kind of friendly, happy-go-lucky, goofy attitudes um, yeah. are fun. So I wanted to make Ristevin a little different than Kiva. He's significantly smaller. Kiva was like almost eight feet tall. He was giant. He was huge. Yeah. Um, And so Ristevin's really small, and he's kind of sneaky, and um, he's a caster. He's interested in staying kind of away from the fight, not getting in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I was just really trying to make something different.
0: Yeah. It's pretty I, I've never really uh, researched much into the uh, warlock uh, side of things, but from when I say you haven't really researched, I read a little paragraph about it. and they sound interesting, but they I don't know I just uh, you know your your ca- all your casters have like specific roles like cleric with healing, uh, wizards with like uh, kind of damage from the far. Uh, sorcerer is just like this uncontrollable magic that just like pops off, and I've never really been able to like get a handle on what, um, like necessarily a warlock is, you know.
1: Um, I, I would describe a warlock, think like uh, a moody teenage, like punk cleric, okay, it's kind of what they're like, so
0: yeah, because I know they have uh, they get their power from a certain uh, deity. Of some kind, right, more or, or less, yeah, yeah, they
1: make a pact with
0: that's what it is, yeah some
1: sort of patron the patron typically has to be like more powerful than them mm-hmm. and grants them some of their powers. The patron says, "Hey, listen, if you'll do my bidding, or if you'll do this thing for me, or maybe hey, I really like you, they'll give some of their power to the uh to the warlock, Gotcha. They're not a warlock, I guess, until they have the power, but
0: yeah well what's the uh, you said uh, blade lock what's the what's kind of the uh, reasoning behind doing uh, that as like kind of the subclass
1: yes so there's a couple subclasses for warlock and uh, I know one of them is like packed of the tome one of them is pact of the blade I don't know there's other ones mm-hmm. but I went pact of the blade um, because I uh, I wanted to build my character like I said I wanted him to want uh, avoid combat <laughs> I wanted him to be played very differently than Kiva was. So instead of being decked out with weapons, Ristavin uh, he really only carries on him a quarterstaff and a special dagger, and even the dagger he hides under his robes. So he looks like he has no weapons. Um, with the blade lock, he can summon a weapon. So I wanted that uh... appearance of someone who was always willing to. Handle situations uh, verbally or charismatically before they resorted to a weapon. So yeah. he he walks with a staff, and otherwise he doesn't look like he's got any weapons on him.
0: Yeah, it comes across as like non-threatening, very much. Which uh, I think that was like kind of the feeling that we got whenever we encountered him. But at the same time, it um, a lot was going on. So, yeah. but um, yeah, so that's a, that's really neat that you can just like conjure up a weapon. That will, yeah. So that, that's kind of like your reasoning to like help him uh, be able to just approach situations uh, without the weapon at first, and then your second option, yeah, weapon time. Exactly. The weapon nice. is
1: kind of the the fallback option. He's got a lot of uh, charisma. Warlocks tend to be charismatic, so he's got a lot of charisma. He has the opportunity to handle situations without his weapon. But if he needs it, he can summon it, which just puts me as a player in an area of comfort because I would have uh I do know a lot about the melee combat. Right, so.
0: right. Well, um, let's see. What uh let's let's hear a little bit of uh your character's like uh, backstory. If you do, you don't have to reveal too much. I know that some people Maybe maybe one that uh plays the game with us will uh will listen to this. So if you don't want to reveal too much, that's okay. But uh kinda of give us some uh a taste of what uh Ristavin is like. Like what uh what's his motivations? Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. So um Ristavan has a really fun backstory. Another part of the uh fun that I had making the character was that I um, I like to write, and so I sat down at my computer one day and just started writing what I thought would be a cool story um, with this kind of general skeleton of a character concept in mind. I knew I wanted a, a deep gnome, and I knew I kind of wanted him to be a warlock, and um, I wanted him to be kind of charismatic and you know uh, able to deal well in words. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down started typing up a story, and I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, but basically... His story is that he was uh, working, he was kind of a popular guy in his community of the Underdark. Um, and he was working as sort of a uh, explorer or kind of like a front, um, kind of frontline guard for his community in the Underdark. And he came across a, a beautifully crisp pool of water in the Underdark, which hmm. um, water can be pretty hotly contested in the Underdark Uh, access to fresh water is not always easy. So he found this pool and nobody was guarding it. Nobody had claimed it. So he was pretty interested in it. Ended up being kind of um, sucked into the water and drawn to the bottom of the water uh, where he found this dagger that he carries. Um, And while while he was underwater, he met um, something that uh really changed
0: is that something that you're just leaving out or is that
1: i'm not sure he
0: knows really
1: exactly who he met um he met his patron um but the way that the patron works is uh the patron is one of nightmares and bad dreams and so he's not really sure if he actually met someone or if he just had some kind of fever dream um but that is where he became a warlock that's where he was blessed with the gifts uh of his patron and also became indebted to the servitude of his patron
0: very cool so finding a a limited resource down there's where he's able to that's that's a that's really neat and uh so where where does it go from there like how does he kind of find himself getting out of the underdark what draws him to kind of go to the surface
1: yeah so he was uh he was like a young man at that time in his mm-hmm. life and uh with his newfound power and he like I said he was already pretty popular in the underdark mm-hmm. um, he kind of became a little bit of an emissary from the deep gnome community to uh service communities so he began kind of traveling around and handling business in these uh, different communities for the deep gnomes. Now they like to mine and they're really interested in mining gyms um, and making beautiful things out of the gyms. And so they will trade in those elsewhere. So he was kind of an emissary setting up merchant deals in these other communities on the surface world. Um, through doing that, he got involved with uh, the criminal underworld. He started mm. taking some bribes. He started doing some shady deals and got uh, started working as sort of a a spy. He got pretty involved in espionage for uh the Xanathar. So um in we are in uh we're in a homebrew world, mm-hmm. but Zeke allows some elements of um pre-written materials to come in and so Right, right, right. The Xanathar from Forgotten Realms is a uh, sort of like an underworld lord in Okay in our world as well. And so, uh, Aristevin became a trusted ally of the Xanathar because of his ability to convince people to do what he wanted because of his, um, charm and his charisma.
0: Nice. So, uh, he's, he's kind of trusted to be able to kind of go and do all that with the surface world. And how does he kind of come into contact with, uh, with the party that he's kind of associated with now?
1: Oh, good question. I don't think anybody knows this, but he's been following and watching the party for a long time. Ooh, uh, he's very, very sneaky.
0: Hang on, I'm gonna take some notes. Yeah, on take this. take a few notes because um, you might want to remember this. Question all of Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Uh, Ristovan has been sneaking around for a while behind you guys, watching your uh, goings on, because the um, our party. Uh, led to the uprising of some pretty terrible monsters and those monsters are a threat to the power of the xanathar
0: ah okay Uh,
1: so he's been following you guys around trying to discern um what the intentions of the party were in reviving these...
0: Uh, if, like, we we cause it on purpose or we're just dumb-dumbs. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Which,
1: by the way, we're just stupid. That's we're, what it is. We're
0: pretty... We can be pretty dumb yeah. as our characters sometimes. Yep.
1: Well, and as, you know, not our characters, but...
0: In real life, too.
1: We could pretend like it's good roleplay, <laughs> but it's just... That's how we are.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a... I, I do like that twist of, like, he's he's kind of already known the party for a while, but we haven't known that yet, yeah. so... Um, it was there. I don't know if you can answer this. Were, were there times like where, uh, he was like at risk of like getting caught by the party or was he just like that sneaky and stealthy?
1: Um, I would imagine that he probably is not just inherently that sneaky and stealthy. He's pretty sneaky, he's pretty stealthy, but that is not necessarily his, uh, his best attribute. Um, but I think that, uh, if, I think there were times that the party probably saw him and thought he was someone else. He has the ability to kind of hide himself, change his face, deceive people into thinking that he's someone other than who he really is. Mm-hmm. A useful skill for someone from the Underdark, uh, who might be you know open to racism's of different kinds. Um, so he can he can mesh in pretty quickly and make right. himself <clears throat> um, uninteresting. Yeah. Very That's... hidden plain sight, kind of.
0: Gotcha. So uh, going forward with uh, like his um, mo- like since we kind of got his backstory of like why he's been able to like sneak around or like why he's been able to like be trusted on the surface world, and now he's joined up with this part with the uh, party that he's with now. What do you see as his like kind of quest or motivations going forward? Like he's kind of not got to know that the party has like not really purposefully uh given rise to these monsters that are uh, threatening xanathar but uh he could also recognize that they could be dangerous in their uh, these this party could be dangerous in their own right because they're not that bright at times so what's his like motivations going forward like what's he uh what's his quest going to be like
1: that's a great question um i'm glad you asked so Ristovan, having watched the party, knows that there is a group of mercenaries following the party—assassins—who are trying to kill us. They're the Red Hand. Mm-hmm. The Red Hand has been following us around for a while,
0: and they're the ones that uh, killed Thorn. So, yeah, they, they... did.
1: And um, the the thing about Ristovan is he never forgets an insult, and he feels greatly indebted to his patron. And to the Xanathar, because they both have given him a lot of power that he's very thank- very thankful for and very unwilling to give up. So uh, he wants to do right by his patron. He wants to do right by the Xanathar. The Red Hand have offended the Xanathar. Oh. Uh, they are sort of, there's some, some underworld intrigue there. They've kind of uh, upset him, and Ristavin has taken it personally. So he's going to settle the score. Uh, that's one of his motivations and the other is that um, his patron like I said his patron he feels very indebted to and in our uh, in our campaign in our world there's kind of some uh, turmoil brewing among the deities we've learned that there is sort of uh, the deities are are gearing up for war Mm -hmm. and my patron is aware of that And he sees the uprising of these monsters, uh, these sort of illithid mind flayer esque beasts, as a threat to his power. Um, Or if he could harness them, if he could get them to be on his side, you know, kind of like Timon and Pumbaa. Hey, what if he's on
0: our side? I I just kind of imagined like uh, Xenthart kind of having all a lot of them on leashes, be like just kind of walking them around. Perfect, but like in a very comical way, not in a very. you know, um, devious way. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, the the Xanath- The motivations are twofold. So, to the Xanathar, I am uh, trying to take care of the red hand and pay back that insult. And for my for my patron, my uh, warlock patron, he might want to see if he can recruit these beasts to his side or wipe them out so they pose him no threat. Hmm. So it's uh, it's really kind of a nice confluence of two different. Two different motivations coming together.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, kind of seeing how that plays out, especially with um, the party is kind of dead set on like we have to defeat these things. But it's going to be interesting how uh, the Reciven's, uh motivation of maybe we could you know keep these as like pets or something, you know, and okay. how that how that could come about and the rest of the party not be super suspicious about it, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this. Ristavan plans on reporting uh, what he learns back to his patron. And a little peek behind the screen here, uh, Ristavan is lawful evil. So he is aligned mm. with the party as much as it aligns with him. He's not interested in making any waves. He's not going to get real chaotic on you. He's going to kind of follow the rules of where he is. Gotcha. But ultimately, he is loyal to his patron, and his patron is not a very nice
0: patron Hmm. okay well i'll have to forget that as well yep
1: just Um, (laughs) just memory wipe all of
0: that which i think it would be fine because i know my character currently is uh pretty neutral and so uh, i don't know how. also she's dumb she is dumb she's like
1: enfeeble-minded or something enfeebled
0: uh i haven't really talked about leah yet but she uh for listeners uh Leah was a, an arcane archer that I made, and a Kefra got to her and made her real real dumb and the end, so yeah,
1: yeah, the Kefra are our uh kind of homebrew tweak on the mind flares mm-hmm. and uh, and they they ate her mind
0: they ate her mind, and now uh, I think the first time that my character met Ristevin, I was at a Uh, one overall intelligence, one or two overall intelligence he could barely function Yeah, and uh, so the way that uh, I role played that was as we were in this temple that had a lot of fireflies and like a very natural um, very natural setting, Leah was going around trying to catch the fireflies and when Ristavan came up to her I think she patted him on the head and continued to try to catch fireflies yeah
1: I think she was completely uninterested in having a conversation
0: uh, she could not. Yeah. She did not understand words. She made sounds. She was otherwise <laughs> engaged. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, the lights spoke to her. The, those were her ways of uh, communicating. I
1: feel that. I feel that on a deep level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, back to uh, Rostovin. Like I'm, I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out. And remember that I have this conversation with you because I know I'm going to definitely uh, forget. Uh, some of these things about him it's a
1: good thing there's no record of this conversation anywhere it's a good thing that you know it's just between friends and we will (laughs) leave here and it'll just between be between me and you and nobody else can get to it nobody else in our party can listen to it they can't go back and like (laughs) find out any of that information exactly
0: yeah or they just won't so
1: that's more more likely
0: (laughs) exactly um no uh i feel like there was one other thing that i was going to ask about um your character um oh i i know it is uh so for in the future like for people that are listening and that are wanting to make warlocks or use the uh, gnome uh, race to create their character what advice would you give them
1: uh, first thing is practice saying Svurfneblin, because it's really hard to say. Okay. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I decided that's how I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it with confidence and gusto. So it's just Svurfneblin, and that's how I do it. Um, so if you want to be a deep gnome, practice that. Gnomes are awesome. I really love gnomes. Lean into their their quirks, uh, because the thing that makes gnomes fun and unique is their their quirkiness. They're like basically just somewhere between, like, a cousin of a dwarf and a a halfling, Mm -hmm. unless you lean into their, like, very fun personalities. They're boisterous. They're happy-go-lucky. They're uh, often interested in playing practical jokes. They laugh at all things, um, unflappable kind of. uh, And then they're, you know, often seen as, um, like I mentioned, tricksters, but they also will do a lot of... uh, tinkering and that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. those are the things that set them apart i think lean into that find creative ways to bring that into the game Um, you can make your gnome tinker some kind of cool trap or you know something like that work with your dm to come up with how your gnome is going to be distinct i think that's a lot of fun for gnomes and then for warlocks um i i think it's really fun and i've given our dm the ability to kind of control my patron So uh, I am bound to that patron. My power comes from the patron. So I expect fully that at some point the DM will say, your patron tells you to do this, and if you don't do it, you'll lose your powers. I think that'll be fun. Um, If you're a warlock, I think you should open yourself up to that opportunity to role play where... You know, maybe your patron tells you to do something, and you have to wrestle with it and grapple with—is mm-hmm. that really what you want to do? Or maybe you didn't—you just completely disobey the patron, and you have to play some time of the game where you don't have your powers.
0: Kind of giving up that freedom for, um, for like the the GM or the DM to be able to and kind of play with you in a sense. Yeah,
1: like, yeah. Trust them; they're going to make mm-hmm. a good story.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I'll have to um, make sure that. Uh Zeke knows what I want your patron to do um
1: <laughs> yeah, make the d m align my patron's goals with your goals, and then we'll all be happy,
0: yeah, exactly no, that's really cool uh thanks for uh combining uh final thoughts you have on on a character creation or
1: yes, one last thought. Always embrace your character's weaknesses, they are what makes your character uh, more than just two dimensional they're they're mm-hmm. what gives your character flavor. And makes them realistic. It makes them a person. So I like to find whatever their shortcomings are and lean into those in role play. Um, You know, if they don't have a high dex, maybe they trip over stuff a lot. Whatever, just find ways to make your character uh, three dimensional. That's that's my last piece of advice. Feel passionately about it. Thank you for letting me get it off my chest. You know, it's really (laughs) a burden.
0: I know. Well, that's why we made this podcast was just so that people feel so that like i they, could be unburdened you can be unburdened thank
1: you it's like confession in here yeah exactly yeah it's uh dear brad it's been one week since my last i was podcast. thinking more
0: i was thinking more usher things oh
1: these are my confessions exactly okay yeah, yeah. so well, we got to do
0: part two when there's confessions part two. Oh my gosh <laughs> Sorry, I'm not that well versed in Usher. I just know I know some of the hits, some okay. of them.
1: All right. Well there's Confessions and there's Confessions Part two. Okay, I'll have to look that yeah, up. Yeah,
0: you go. All right. Uh I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. Thank you, Chris, for coming by and uh being on the podcast. Uh think we're gonna get these up on every monday so or every other monday if you guys have your own characters you want to submit to us email them to b-roll audio at gmail.com and check us out on twitter at b-roll audio we'll see you guys next time Produced by B Roll Audio, the best background noise. You can find us on Twitter at B Audio.